Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Yep. All right, let's do some stock downs then, John. Who is your first stock down for the uh, for the game today? Josh Jones. Josh Jones from U of A, say, acquiring from the Cardinals. Everybody thought, well, the Cardinals are tanking. They want to get rid of their players. Well, they got rid of him for a reason. You know, he comes in here, and I've never liked it when you move players around. Rookies, veterans, they need one position. They need to learn the system, get used to the coaching, the quarterback. But he came in, he played left guard, then he had to move to right tackle when George Fant got hurt in the first game. Then he had to play left tackle. He gave up, he had two penalties. That's four in two weeks. His penalties against the Colts wiped out a touchdown and a first down. And he gave up two sacks, if I can remember correctly. And uh, they need Laramie Tunsil back, and they got Fant at right tackle. I don't know if they're going to put him at left guard against Jacksonville but he is really struggling. It's inexcusable to line up wrong. Dumbest dumbest call is defensive lineman in the neutral zone and an offensive lineman or any offensive player not lining up when all they got to do is look at the ball. That's what he did, and uh, it cost them. John, and this was a week where the league told the 32 teams, we are cracking down on this. He got called for what everybody was complaining about with Jawan Taylor after the Thursday night game in week one where, you know, Juwan Taylor's lining up. Collinsworth was joking. And it looked like he was lining up as a slot receiver because he was so <laughs> far off of the line of scrimmage. They they sent reportedly, they sent a, a tape, you know, they send a tape around all 32 teams with things that they're going to be, you know, points of emphasis and things they should be watching out for uh, officiating wise and things like that. And this was the thing that was in the video this week. So it's, it's inexcusable anytime you're right. It's especially inexcusable this week when you know, that officiating staffs across the league are cracking down on this, on tackles. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Josh Jones absolutely 100% deserves it. I'm, you know what, John, I'm just going to go straight to the top here. Stock down on D'Amico Ryans today. You know, he's he, is, he has come out in these first two games, and, you know, losing in Baltimore, there's no crime in that, but you lose by 16 points, and, uh, and, and, and it's kind of a downer. This one was a major downer. This was one where, man, people are so ready to back this team again. Uh and you come out and you look, the team was unprepared. They didn't look ready to play, John. They didn't look ready to play. They didn't look ready to defend Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson ran for 35 yards on those two touchdown runs, and nobody touched him until the last yard of the second touchdown. By the way, that's the hit that we talked about with MJ Stewart. Yeah. If I'm a Colts yeah, he fan, I'm, concussion. I'm super. If I'm a Colts fan, that's a whole separate thing. This is a Texans podcast, not a Colts podcast. If I'm a Colts fan, I am very nervous right now about the fact that Anthony Richardson has been TKO'd in two games so far. That's a that is a big concern, but that's not our concern. That's theirs. Um, but there's no way to sugarcoat it. This is a team that did not come out ready to play today against an opponent that was ripe to be beaten today here at NRG Stadium with the energy in that crowd. And they they took all the energy out of the building early in this game. And for that. I don't care about the injuries. You know who doesn't care about the injuries? And he said it every press conference since they started piling up D'Amico Ryans. He's not making any excuses, so I can't make any excuses for him. His team came out unprepared and with no energy today, and that falls at the feet of the head coach. I, I agree with you 100%. And my, my next one is going to be one that I bet you haven't thought of. 
First of all, it could be the entire offensive line, six sacks given up, five by the defensive linemen. I could do them. I could do the running game. But instead, I'm going stock down with offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. Are you surprised? You probably think he did a good job, huh? (laughs) You don't need to rant anymore. Rewind. Everything you said earlier about Bobby's play calling when they were behind, trying to run the ball, against a white's like the proverbial banging your head against a brick wall. Yeah. I know you people coaches always say, well, you got to try it. Well, when you're losing and your strength is in the passing game and the receivers are playing well and the quarterback's playing well, I know you don't want to get him killed, but sometimes you got to go with what's your strength. And that was definitely the passing game, not the running game. So I'm with you on Bobby Slowick as well. Yeah. It's just bad. It's like, I, I there's, it's, it's that's really discouraging to me, John. Like that, that I'm I'm told that Bobby Slowick is this savant, and maybe he is. Maybe there's some things he wants to do in terms of play design and stuff like that that he just can't do right now because of the personnel that he's got out there. I'm totally sympathetic to that. It is a very simple decision to take a look at things six and a half quarters into a season, two and a half quarters into a game where you're trailing by three touchdowns and you cannot run the football. And say, okay, we got to figure out something that A, we do well, and B doesn't burn 45 seconds worth of clock on every play. That's the thing. That's the big th- there were so many times in this game in the second half, John, where I, I would look at Clint Sterner or Ron Hughley or Seth Payne, whoever's sitting next to me, and I would go, they have spent two minutes and 15 seconds moving the ball 12 yards. You know, like they 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 are the equivalent, whereas all these other offenses, the equivalent of actually driving a car fast on the highway. The Texans are walking places <laughs> like they're they're choosing. They, they need to drive 75 yards. That's the equivalent of driving, you know, call it like from where I live to the stadium. It's a good 15 minute drive. They're choosing to walk to these places. I've walked it before. It's not fun, especially in the summer. Um, so that's the thing to me, like the conscious decision making that just makes no sense. It's dumb. Honestly, it's just that. <laughs> The seven minute and twenty second drive for a field goal, I was ready to I was ready to strangle somebody. It was that was bad. That was uh, I I just I, I I'm so down on Bobby Slowick right now. The more I talk about it, the more down I get. So I guess I better get to this last All stock right, down. All right, go to the next one. Last stock down. John, mine is Malik Collins. Malik Collins, according to Pro Football Focus, was coming into this game as the worst interior defensive lineman in the sport. 127th out of 127. Ooh. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that that matched my eye test for the Ravens game. I thought the interior of the defensive line, admittedly, I'm that is one area of the field that I'm not watching every number on every play. I'm just hoping that the Texans stop the run as a, collectively as a unit. Um, but Malik Collins, by the by the, the the Pro Football Focus scores, was literally the worst interior defensive lineman in all of football in week Ooh. one of the season. Sheldon Ooh. Rankins was the fifth worst. He was 122nd out of 127. Or How sixth in the world worst, did they stop anything against the Ravens? That's why, that's why I don't buy totally into that score, but I'm going to tell you today, Malik Collins was a guy where I'm going, okay, I, I I have not – he had one tackle today, John. Like one – he had one tackle. And Zach Moss had so many carries where he just kind of slithered past the defensive line and was able to get seven yards or eight yards. Um I could probably make it an interior defensive line thing as much as anything. Malik Collins is the highest paid one out of all of them, though, so he gets the brunt of it. Heavy is the head that carries the big bag home at night, John, and that is Malik Collins. Stock down to Malik Collins and the entire interior of the Texans' defensive line. Inexcusable performance today. 
we could go with anybody except Stroud and his receivers. Those are the ones that I think deserve praise. Yep. I would agree. I, I would I would absolutely agree. And, and you know what? Who who else gets thrown in there? Will Anderson. I know he had the only QB hit. It's on the very first play of the game. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. So Will Anderson. We we did not hear 51 much today at all while the game uh still still mattered. So there you it go. A, Four, it was a great coaching job by Shane Steichen and his defensive really was. coaches. They did, they just threw a net over everything the Texans did well. And the Texans couldn't adjust to anything unless Stroud bailed them out. And even, John, even as I'll go back to my D'Amico Ryan stock down, Shane Steichen did the little thing where he had the punt team out there and jogged them off at the last second, brought the offense out, and forced D'Amico to burn a timeout uh, in the second half. You know, a timeout that, that if Kaimi Fairbairn had made that field goal to make it a one-score game, a timeout that would have come in, I mean, would have come in awfully handy either way, um, but a timeout that would have come in handy. Shane Steichen, who, by the way, himself is only coaching his second game in the NFL as a head coach, he chess moved D'Amico Ryans out of a timeout there. I thought it was brilliant. It worked. So there you go. All right. I got to take a deep breath, John. These, 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 this is week two. <laughs> this is week two. And they got Some Jacksonville. Something week game. 17. What do you think the line's going to be on the Jacksonville game, John? You think the Texans are, are underdogs I mean, by more than a touchdown? I think, yeah, I think it'll be somewhere like it was with the Ravens, somewhere instead of 10. I think it'll be like eight or nine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Somewhere between seven and ten. We'll know tonight. I get those emails. I'll let you know. I'll text you when I find out what Please it is. Do. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it too. Uh, at Sean T. Pendergast. If you're watching on video, you can see it right there. At McLean underscore on underscore NFL is where you can get John on social media as well. John, uh, I would imagine you got report cards and recaps and all kinds of things going on. I got a report card, and it's an uh, is an ugly report card with a lot of Fs. And then I'm writing a column about C.J. Stroud that will be on Sports Radio 610 either tonight or in the morning. C.J. did not get an F, I'm assuming, on this game. No, he did not. I gave him I gave him an A. And did you? Okay, look at you. C.J. Stroud an A. Okay. There's there's no there's very little in between with you, John McClain. You're 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 at one end or the other on a lot of this stuff, I think. Sometimes I give F minuses, and I like I couldn't <laughs> give an I couldn't give the offensive line an F minus because you can't make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? So it's yeah. hard. If the guys are not capable of doing something, it's not their fault that they can't do it. If it had been the regular offensive line, that would have been different. So I couldn't give them an F minus. I haven't okay. given them an F minus yet. I'm saving that for something really special. Am I am I off base by saying the honeymoon is over for D'Amico Ryan's now? Like he's just your he's your he's your average beleaguered head coach trying to figure this thing out now. He is now. There should be zero and three coming back here for JJ White Day, and Oof. and uh, maybe after that fourth game, when they go to Atlanta, they'll have two more starting offensive linemen back, and they'll only be missing one. That would be the left guard, and I still think there's a good chance that's going to be Jared Patterson. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, that's we got a long way to go for that for sure. Uh, two weeks in, and then here are the Texans zero and two on the season. Two double-digit losses so far. 